Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and this is the show where I get to talk about sports. I get to talk about business. I get to talk about everything in between. Today, my incredible guest, I have Haley Rosen. She's the founder of Just Women's Sports. Haley, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Founder. It's a pretty cool word, right? Like, Yeah, I'll take that one. I like that right? one. And <laughs> You're doing something with your life. I mean, we're all stuck in a pandemic and can't really leave our house. So happy to see that you're rocking and rolling with something. But Haley, very excited to talk about Just Women's Sports. It's a media company that focuses specifically on women in sports and women's sports. So very excited about that. Push the bar, push that forward a little bit. But Haley, the first question I have for everybody okay. for the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Oh, big question right out of the yeah, gate. Know, right? It's a fun one. It gets the gets the juices flowing. Yeah. I like it. Why do I love sports? Um, I fell in love in, with soccer when I was really, really young. I idolized Mia Hamm. I had her Barbie doll. I had her poster. I just, I fell in love with soccer. And like, even now, like I don't play anymore. But when you say like, why do you love sports? Like I think about those moments on the field where, there's no thought, there's no thinking, and you're just competing. And it's almost this out-of-body experience. And like, I love that. And it's now fun as a fan to watch people do that and like just ha- like see people have these big games where you know they're just, I don't know, they're, they're just functioning on another level. Like I love, I love watching it. I love, I love it all. I love the drama. I even like, I'm, I've never been a big baseball person, but watching the World Series right now, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I love it all. I love the competition. I love watching people push themselves to be the best they can um yeah i don't know i love sports (laughs) for the love of sports that's why i do this right yeah Um, i just ask you if you don't mind just tilting your laptop just a little bit forward so we can just see some more of you there we go you have a nice ceiling don't get me wrong (laughs) Uh, you You don't want more of that there's a nice ceiling fan i like your ceiling fan like wires or something attached to it we'll get to that in a little bit i think fancy I, I, i agree like the um the drama of it all the competition mm-hmm. it's something when you learn this it's it's one of those things that's real life right i've said it only a million times on the show i'm going to say it probably another million times it's like the only unscripted reality tv show like we don't yeah. know what's going to happen right that world series i'm a huge baseball fan so i'm very excited i'm loving watching it you know that cody bellinger home run the other night just so how big. do you look cooler than that honestly yeah. i don't know anybody <laughs> that ever ever have but it's just been so much fun to watch and enjoy and specifically baseball that's drama right like it's that huge amount of suspension and because we're just waiting on every single pitch and and for soccer i'm starting to enjoy that a little bit more now we have um you know i'm here in new jersey so betting's made everything a little bit more enjoyable more exciting but i guess you know you went to stanford played soccer there that's like one of the best schools give or take i mean you could toot your own horn here you're more than welcome but i mean <laughs> getting to that level of sports and academics let's not hold that one back either how like, how did you learn to get to that point right because you don't have that type of drive you don't have that type of determination when you wake up when you're like five years old out of bed like where did you gain those skills and where did you learn to love playing that hard and working that hard for something that you know is kind of like, Hey, someone can always be better than you at any point in time. Yeah. Um, hmm. These are big questions right out of the gate. Well, so here, I'm going to connect this just to, just to let people like know how the uh, the sausage is made. I'm going to connect this to being an entrepreneur in a little bit. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm ready. I I was always like psycho competitive. Like we were, I was actually just talking to my mom about this. Like when I was in fourth grade, I got second in a spelling bee and they handed me a ribbon and I threw it at the teacher and kicked over the microphone. Okay. 
and I got in trouble and you know, the whole thing, but I've always been like a psycho competitor, just like want to be the best really hard on myself. Um, and I, you know, like I said before, like I absolutely fell in love with soccer at a really young age and I fell in love with the process and I fell in love with how it felt when you strike the ball clean or when you're just in that rhythm and you're beating defenders or you're finding that pass, like just fell in love with every part of it and just wanted to be the best I could be. Um, and I, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit. I think for me personally, my athletic story, um, I think is almost like a cautionary table tale because I was so competitive, so committed, wanted to be the best. Uh, I think a lot of my story was overtraining. Um, in college, I had four season ending injuries and I only played one full season my fifth year um, and, you know, had to retire early because of injuries. So I think um, the the hard work and obsessing over it and like want that want to be the best, like had that in spades. Um, I've only learned more recently how to have that balance and that, you know, it's not all about working hard, it's working smart and you need those off days. And um, that's a lesson that I learned the hard way in sports that I very much tried to apply to my professional career. Yeah. And it's something, you know, it's, it, it's unfortunate, but you had to learn it at some point. It sounds like yeah. <laughs> if you didn't learn it during playing soccer, you were probably going to learn it as starting your own business where you would have yeah. burnt yourself out anyway. So it sounds like you, at least you have that, that mental understanding of what is necessary. And, um, I don't mean to bring this up, but I have to ask, what is the word that you spelled wrong? Lettuce. And I knew how to spell it because I said S instead of C because oh. I was like, Oh, I got this. And I just misspoke. Oh, so maybe that's why I was so mad. <laughs> yeah, I would have been pretty angry too. L-E-T-T-U-C-E, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I just got said it. S and then I was like, C, C. And then they're like, nope. Oh no, yeah. Isn't it weird that I remember that? That's like how crazy I am. That was no, in fourth I, grade. I <laughs> expected that you would remember it. That's why I asked the question. Uh, I kind of uh, I kind of knew if you were that angry, uh can you the microphone stand. Um good for you though. I appreciate the the fiery nature, the competitiveness. Right? <laughs> And I guess so, you know, going to Stanford, as you said, and, and unfortunately having four season ending injuries, did you, were you ever told that you were overworking or, or doing too much? Or, you know, I mean, at some point I'm assuming, or most of the time, it sounds like you were unfortunately were just rehabbing. So you, I assume would have had a very strict, very like regimented plan. Were you not following that plan? Were you going harder and saying like, oh, I can get back faster? Like what? four season ending injuries doesn't happen by mistake. It normally happens because something you're doing something wrong. So I'm kind of curious um, from that standpoint. Yeah, I think it was twofold. Like a big part of it was me. Like I would get injured. And then as soon as I'd be cleared, like I, I would want to catch up. So mm -hmm. I would want to do extra. I'd be doing extra reps. Like it'd be this rush to get back on the field. So big part of it was me. And I feel like once you feel like you're behind that cycle of like trying to pay play catch up is just like very toxic Another part of it, though, is I do think that the college program is very cookie cutter, you know, especially I think in some of the women's sports, like there isn't the resources to say like, all right, you're this body type, you play this position, like we're going to tailor your training in this way. Um, so everyone did the same lifting program, everyone did the same running program. And like, my story, like a lot of my injuries came down to my hamstring. And a lot of that is like running too much. Um, and I think I think had there been um, maybe like more resources or more thought going into it, like my training program would have been tweaked. And I think that would have prevented a lot of injuries. So, I mean, you know, it's a big part of like, you know, we want to push forward women's sports. We want more media attention. We want more resources 
And I think ultimately that leads to better on-field play, you know, just across the board. Yeah, I mean, more eyeballs is going to lead to more dollars in some capacity and, and understanding that I'm pretty confident. Please tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty confident the the football team uh, right at Stanford is probably getting the utmost of those dollars. And each of those gentlemen is getting, you know, that very specific plan on what they need to do and how they need to do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if we can get more eyeballs onto just women's sports in general and the, and the U.S. women's national team's been doing a pretty damn good job at that over the last couple of years. So shout out to them and uh, yep. ladies for what they're doing. Um, so I guess that's just that just sucks. I guess really that just comes down. <laughs> to it sucks huh yeah and yeah and i think a big part of it is bad luck too you know the college season is like two months two and a half months maybe three if i'm misremembering like you know i think it's just bad luck right like i don't think it's crazy to miss a month of the year because you rolled an ankle or you tweak something like that's very reasonable but i think it's a bit of bad luck when it's like and it happens to always fall mm-hmm. over the season you know yeah that is just a very unfortunate event um, yeah it is what it is, as you said. It is what it is. Something from it, and we know we power forward, we move forward. So after your fifth year at Stanford, what what was the next step? I mean, it sounds like kind of soccer was out of the out of the question at that point. Didn't really seem like there was playing a potential. And, and please tell me if I'm I'm mistaken there. But I guess what was after that fifth year at Stanford? So actually, a little different than that. Um, my fifth year was my first health, health, first healthy season, and it was awesome. Uh, we had a great year. I personally had a great year, and it was like really fun. I felt like a freshman as like the mm-hmm. oldest person on the field. I really wanted to pursue a six year, um, so looked into that pretty seriously. Didn't enter the NWSL draft. Didn't look at professional options. I was going to do that because I had two red shirts. Um, basically. At the very last minute, there had been a paperwork error, and I actually did not have my sixth year of sixth year of eligibility. Um, so yeah, I don't. That sounds that's like a, BS. Yeah, yeah. Like, how, yeah. How, how does that just happen? It's like, oh no, never mind. We like, how does that? It was like basically happen? something with my physical therapy my freshman year. Like paperwork wasn't filed correctly, so it didn't count as a medical red shirt the second time, which made okay. me ineligible for my sixth yeah. year. Like a bunch of BS, BS, yeah. BS. Um, but from there I went and basically tried out for the Washington spirit and played with them for a little bit. Um, I went abroad to the UK and played, you know, in the Scottish premier league and we, uh, we played in champions league, which was really fun. I was briefly with the Seattle rain who's now the OL rain. Um, so kind of did the professional scene for a little bit, but, uh, never, I don't think I ever really like found a home in the professional sphere. I didn't have a great entry point kind of was again, playing catch up, had more injuries, um, but did it for about like a year or two years. And it was, it was awesome. And okay. that's really the experience that led me to what I'm doing today. Um, which I'm happy to speak more on if that's, we'll <laughs> if that's where you want to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But I mean, you got paid to play the sport you love. Like let's it was awesome. on that for a second. Like how cool is it? Like you do it, you did it your entire life cause you loved it. Right. <clears throat> you did it your entire life. You then get to go to school. I don't know what the scholarship was. I hope you got something. Um, but you know, then you actually are starting to receive a check. Now I don't know how big those checks are, but I don't Wasn't care. Wasn't a big check. <laughs> hey man, if you pay me a hundred dollars to go out there and swing a baseball bat, I would do that every day of my life. I think it would be pretty cool. So it sounds like if you're at least having some fun and I, like, the opportunity to then travel around as well. Champions League, it's on right now as of recording for, um, you know, some of the, the biggest clubs in Europe over there uh, for, for the men's side. I don't actually know when the women's one is, but that's just so cool. Like how much it fun was so cool. Like, it was so fun. Cooler. Yeah, it was so fun. I mean, it, it was so fun. You get to play. I mean, the NWSL, I think in particular, is 
a really, really high level. Like, I don't think people really realize that it, you know, soccer in the U S like the U S women's national team is the best. Right. So it was a really, really high level. I think that's the most I improved in like a period of time in my whole career. And it was just fun. It was just so fun. Like you're playing soccer every day. That's your whole thing. You know, it's, I, it was a really fun experience. It was really different than college. You know, college, you have a ton of resources. You're treated like an absolute professional. You have, you know, I was talking about the lack of resources in college, but you go to the professional level to step down from that too. But you're still like, you're around other people who think like you love soccer the way you do or live in that life. And like, it's just a good time. It's fun. I love it. I think it is so cool. And yes, I do then want to kind of segue there we go that's the word i'm (laughs) into what you're doing now so leave um the professional soccer realm do you then go and try and pursue a job somewhere do you try and like hey i kind of want to like work like see what corporate america is like that kind of thing um how did that 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 probably sucked i'm assuming (laughs) no you know i like towards the end of it like i kind of my story is like I had a torn, torn labrum in my hip that I kept trying to push through. And it basically got to a point where I was like, I couldn't do it anymore. So I hung it up, got the surgery and became a real person. I say I got a real job. Um, and I was like, I love this job. This job was actually my dream job. I, while I was at Stanford as an undergrad in, um, as a graduate student, I worked in the virtual reality lab and we did a bunch of research around like how virtual reality is great for training started in like football, but then like training just generally for, you know, corporate America or learning, all this stuff it was really, really awesome. Um, that professor who led all that research teamed up with a coach at Stanford who was using VR for Stanford football training. Mm-hmm. And they started a company called Striver. And I thought what they were doing was super cool. So when I hung it up, I went and joined that company. Um, I it was very early stage at the time, which was like really fun. I've always been attracted to, you know, building something and startups and creating change and all of that. Um, And it was like a really awesome experience. We were working with, you know, NFL teams, we were working with Walmart, BMW, doing all the stuff that I had researched in the lab. So I did that um, for a little over a year um, before I started doing things with Just Women Sports. (laughs) That is so cool. Yeah, I mean, I that's VR is obviously coming. It's kind of here. We see the Oculus commercials all the time. Now, I think last Christmas was when they became very, very popular and hopefully they keep being popular. But it is so cool, right? The training aspect for sports specifically, but then everything else, I think it does come into effect. I had one a really long time ago. I got one with my my Samsung Galaxy like S6 or whatever. Yeah. And there was like this horror game that back then it really like it was trash. If you look at it now, back <laughs> then it got me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, it definitely got me. It's pretty cool. But yeah, VR is, is wild. That that sounds pretty awesome. Um, there's actually a girl that I met, Megan. Megan, if you're listening, um, and maybe I can introduce you to Haley because Haley knows people. She's trying to get into VR, specifically in the sports space. So maybe you can kind of push her in the right direction. Yeah, happy Megan, to. If you're paying attention, that'd be <laughs> awesome. But now let's get into Just Women's Sports. It is a media company, again, surrounding women's sports pretty easy i love yeah. the name very yeah. on point. let's not try and make this too fancy let's make yep. it very open and exactly on. you get um, it so i do appreciate that and i guess so hanging out with this startup this vr company we all kind of know vr is the future you probably had a sweet job as you said you were really <laughs> enjoying it what what is the i guess where's the light bulb moment of saying like hey like I want to go do this thing. And then I actually want to hear about the start of the execution moment when you actually flip that switch to say, okay, like I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to go make another startup. 
Yeah. So I think it had been building for a while. Like when I was playing at Stanford, you know, we were super popular on campus. Like we sold out most of our games. They had to build extra seats in the stadium to like, it was, it was awesome. And then when I was playing professional a little bit too, it was the same type of thing, you know, in the U S and abroad, we were selling out stadiums. Attendance was up. Viewership was up. Fans were waiting outside for hours to get autographs from girls that like didn't even see the field, like just a ton of positive momentum. And then when I was working at Striver, that was the first time I was like outside looking in. Like I wasn't a part of that world. I didn't know what was going on. And there was genuinely no way to follow it, which you sort of talked about before. You know, I wanted to follow my friends that were still playing, the teams I had been on, the leagues I had been a part of. And I just genuinely couldn't do it. And that didn't make any sense to me. And it didn't match the opportunity that I had seen in the space. Um, so just women's sports, that's like the whole idea. Um, we initially, the first thing I ever did um, was start an Instagram account, which is actually how we got our name. The initial idea was born out of, you know, hey, like there's a lot of these accounts that highlight, you know, men's sports. And that's like really cool and exciting. But, you know, why, why isn't there one that highlights just women's sports? And so I was like, oh, someone, it's Instagram. Anyone can do that. Yep. Yes. That's us. That's us. Um so that's, you know, we grabbed the username Just Women's Sports because it was available. And <laughs> uh, that's kind of how the whole company started. Um, from that Instagram account, we were able to raise like a small pre-seed round to like really just get the company going. Um, and we officially launched in January of this year, which by the way, what a year to launch a company. I was going to say, great time to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. And we've been, we we've been cooking ever since. You peaked, Haley. You made it on the For the Love of Sports podcast. So congratulations! To thank you, you. thank you. But that, it's it's. I mean, it is so sad, right? And I, I love the tagline you guys have. And please, you know, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something like, um, and you just say it. I'm just going to screw it up. Four percent of sports coverage is dedicated to women's sports. We're here to change that. Yes. And I yeah. appreciate that. And I think it is so important. Um, you know, obviously, we'll see every once in a while. Obviously, with the Olympics, um, I feel like that's when men's and women's sports is like as close to equal as, you know, yeah. seeing what, you know, the women are doing, the men are doing because it's less of, um, it's more just like anybody in red, white, and blue we're going to root for at that point. Yeah, so I, totally. it's very confusing why at that point in time is the one time we choose is those 20 days. Um, but I think outside of that, right, like the NWSL, I've heard the name. I know that there's a couple girls from the U S women's national team, a couple women from the U S women's national team that are there. Outside of that, I think Budweiser had like a cool ad with them. Yeah, and that's like essentially all I know, unfortunately. And like that's that's the thing because I, granted, I'm not going, you know, trying to physically seek it out, but I'm not going to try and physically seek out most of the news that comes to right. me. Most of it just comes to me. It's like the Bleacher Reports, the ESPNs uh, of the world um, that unfortunately don't bring me that information when you know everything else is you know they told well lebron wore a different shoe today it's like oh wow that's so cool <laughs> like i don't give a shit if lebron wore a different shoe it doesn't do anything for me so um i guess so how as you said you got this pre-seed round what do you do with that money i'm not gonna ask you how much yeah, unless yeah. you want to tell us like what do you do with like a pre-seed round it's just like all right so do you start writing do you start yeah. finding writers like how exactly does that work yeah no i i that's like a really great question. We asked ourselves that for a really long time. Cause it was like, you know, when we raised this round, it was like, I had just started this Instagram account and I was just experimenting. It was like basically this thesis that like, I think there should be more attention on women's sports. I think other people care. Like what's a, how could I get started? What can I do? Right. And then that account grew really quickly, which is actually, 
you know, that's how we raise around. Like I had an account with like 10,000 followers and I was like, I think there's something here. And they're like, cool, me too. Like go. Mm-hmm. But then what does go mean? Right. Cause yeah. we say, I see 4% and I think huge opportunity. Right. But I also like, it's also just white space. Like this space is like, there's nothing that exists. So how do you start? Like, what is, you know, you look at like the athletic, for example, like they've carved out their really high quality writing or overtime, right. They're like social clips. Like, where do you start when there is nothing? Um, so that was a really big question. So we actually decided to start with a newsletter, um, which I don't think is like super sexy, but the idea was how can we, with limited resources, get news in front of people, you know, week over week? And how can we just sort of be that one-stop shop for everything you need to know really quickly in women's sports? So we started as a newsletter, um, really quickly learned that 4% is not even enough to curate a weekly newsletter. Um, so with two people, we started, you know, doing original reporting and interviews and like creating a website to like really build out the women's sports content. We more officially turned on our social channels, you know, started Twitter and, you know, did the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, like Q1 and Q2 is really about, I, I just say like turning on, like building out the initial just women's sports ecosystem and like just, you know, trying to learn and understand this space and, who is the audience and what do they want and where are they listening or watching this stuff? Like, how do we just start building that? Um, and I think over the first two quarters, like that, it was a lot of learning and just understanding. Um, and then for us, like one of our biggest learnings was that a lot of this audience is listening to podcasts, which is, you know, you're, you love podcasts too. Um, so, you know, for us, we more officially launched Q3 with our podcast and, for us, like we view that as like for the next year or so, like we think audio is going to be like a huge win for us. And for a lot of reasons, you know, audio is cheap to produce. It's high impact, low cost. Um, most of our audience is listening to podcasts. And lastly, like I love teaming up with the athletes. I love like letting them cover the, the space in their own words and their own voice. And I think audio really lets us do that. It really lets us create like really unique content. So you know, for us, like we want to aggressively push into that space over the next year. That is awesome. And a newsletter might not be sexy, but I know it's super, super important. Uh, I yeah. have some friends where I'm sure you're familiar with front office sports where they yeah, talk yeah. about the, uh, the business and sports, love them. Definitely go check them out after you go subscribe to the just women in sports, just women <laughs> sports. I apologize. There you go. <laughs> um, newsletter. And I asked them, I- I'm, I'm, acquaintances i guess with the two dudes that started and i was like why are you pushing so hard for the newsletter it's like the easiest thing to scale if we yeah. can scale the newsletter we can say we have this many eyeballs every single morning we yep. can then drive that traffic directly to our website that's how you gain advertisement that's how you gain partnerships and that's how Haley, you go and gain some money so no yeah. <laughs> newsletter i think is awesome i guess when you say four percent isn't enough for a weekly newsletter what exactly does that mean yeah so our vision like what our newsletter is is basically we curate it's like eight to ten of the top stories in women's sports. Mm -hmm. And what we realized is that with 4% of coverage, like there wasn't enough to Mm -hmm. do that. There wasn't enough news to really do that. So we were having to do like original reporting and digging and try and get interviews and quotes. And then also, you know, it was a total lack of coverage, but then we also felt like the coverage that did exist just didn't authentically represent the space. Like it was a lot of pink and glitter. It was a lot of lifestyle. And it's like, you know, your first question, like you asked me, why do you love sports? I didn't say because like, oh, I learn how to eat right and really healthy body, mm-hmm. like wh- whatever, like that's part of it. Yeah. But like you love sports because you love sports, you know, and these women, like, like we just did this, uh, this podcast with NECA and she was like, you know, a lot of people 
understand the WNBA as like activists and like we push for a lot of change and I'm really proud of that, but we ball too. And I was like, yep, that that's it. And that's like what we try and push on that. Like these women, like they're excellent athletes and like sports are cool. And this is just more sports, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. More sports. I mean, it's, it's still sports, right? I want to see people at the highest possible level compete against each other. I don't care who you are or honestly what you're doing half the time, especially after not having sports for four months. I will be very honest. I'll watch anything at this point. I have to always remind myself like, hey, Mike, remember, we didn't have sports for four months. So take as much in as you possibly can. So I always do. And I mean, I'm a very big fan of Women's March Madness. Um, All the March Madnesses, of course. Women's March Madness is great. Like obviously less upsets, but that's kind of cool too because I want to see Mississippi State. I want to see UConn. I want to see South Carolina. I want to see Stanford in the Final Four because I want to see the best at their sport play against each other. It's always more fun that way. And then the Women's... um, uh, college World Series, the softball, the uh, NCAA college, yeah. uh, college World Series. Those are awesome. Like, yeah, I stayed up for that entire Oklahoma Florida game, however many years ago that was, yeah. sixteen innings, whatever it was, had multiple home runs, and they kept coming back. And the thing was nuts. Like, it's yeah. so much fun. I don't care who's playing that game. I want to watch it. And that's what I think. That's the weirdest part, right? Like we, and maybe not weirdest. So I, I apologize. That's poor terminology. But that's that's the one thing that's most confusing to me, right? So we love college football here in America. We love mm-hmm. it. I sit down on Saturdays. I'm going to sit down this Saturday. I'm going to watch probably like a solid eight to ten hours of it. Yeah. I'm going to love every second of it. Yeah. But then on Sunday, I love NFL more because it's professional. Because these people are better than they were in college. Why did that not happen with so many women's sports? As you said, with the NWS, uh, NWSL, if it's better competition, if it's it's fiercer, more competitive, and it's a just all around better product, right? Like people complain, it's like, why do you like college basketball? You should like the NBA. It's like, it's a good point. It's just a better product. Why is there that much more? And it's still a small amount, but why is there that much more coverage around college, women's college sports and not mm. the professional side? I don't know if that's totally true. I think the sports coverage, I think like women's basketball during March Madness gets a lot of attention, but I think on the whole, it's like pretty comparable. Um, But I I do think like everything you're kind of saying, like this is like what we talk about all the time is like, I think any conversation that's like, you know, well, men are bigger, stronger, faster. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I'm curious. Like that's biology. Like, okay. But like, I'm curious for you. Like when you ask people like, why do you love sports? Like how, I mean, I feel like most of the answers are probably around competing and watching people push to be the best it can be. And like, you know, three seconds left on the shot clock and someone like coming through big time, like that is what we love about sports. And I don't mean to put words in your mouth or your guest's mouth, but honestly, mostly what they usually say competition and like learning like about themselves kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, it's the journey and it's like what sports unlock and it's like the drama and all of that. And it's like women's sports has all of that. And I think like, you know, for us, it's like any conversation again, that's like, well, LeBron can jump higher. It's like, okay. Yeah. But like, you know, hitting a game winner, men or women, like it's still sick. It's still a game winner. It still makes you stand up and cheer, you know? And like, that's what's so fun about it for me. Well, that was what? That was the Notre, Notre Dame a couple of years ago, right? Uh, yeah. I can't remember that girl's name, but that was incredible. Hit the game winner um, over Mississippi Twice. State. Yeah, yep. like, right. That was nuts. Like, that was cool. I loved it. Jumped out of my seat the whole nine. And that's right? what yeah. I love about sports. Like, yeah, okay. LeBron is bigger. Dude's like, he's bigger than every person on planet. Yeah. Like, you're not going to compare to him. I'm not going to compare to him. So it doesn't matter. Um, most of these girls could probably kick your ass in basketball anyway. Like, who? so who cares? Like, I don't know why that's a big deal. So it is always just very... 
um, confusing. So I guess, you know, and, and, and you say it is comparable, but then I, I would kind of almost push back and say, well, then why am I not seeing it? Or why am I not noticing it? Why am I not noticing? You know, we'll see the, the most coverage that I saw, and this is kind of indicative of, uh, you know, again, the men versus women's sports, the most coverage of the WNBA bubble that I saw was all the pictures of the NBA players wearing that sweatshirt which Wild. is yeah. exactly right. Like that's the most coverage that I saw. It's like Chris Paul's wearing this sweatshirt. He's such, you know, he helps like so well, like thumbs up Chris Paul, but then I didn't actually hear anything about the WNBA. I just heard about this damn sweatshirt, which looks pretty cool by the way. It's I a cool it's hoodie. Like, yeah. It's pretty darn cool. But like, again, that's like kind of indicative of what I'm talking about where it's like, okay, we got a little bit of coverage and you know, baby steps, I guess at some point, but like why, why aren't we seeing those buzzer beaters? Why am I not saying I'm not yeah. we, obviously I don't want to speak further. Why am I not seeing those buzzer beaters? Why am I not seeing those game winning shots or, or um, Angel McCautry drop like 25, 10 and 10? Like, why don't I see yeah. that? Am I blind to it? Or <laughs> am I just not receiving it? Am I not going to find that information? Like where, where is the disconnect, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you what I think. And like what we say is, you know, for, women's sports was born out of title nine. Right. And there was a long period of time where like girls were not playing and staying in sports. And then we can basically directly see like birth of title nine. And then since that moment, there's been like over a thousand percent increase in the amount of girls playing at the high school level. And then over a 600% increase in the amount of women playing at the collegiate level. And then we can also see that a similar trend at the professional level. So like there's been this massive rise in women's sports and participation, interest, viewership, all that. And that's happened relatively recently. You know, this has been in the last 20 years or so, right? And uh, my theory on this is, you know, ESPN, Bleach Report, a lot of the more mainstream traditional sports outlets, like they built their networks on men's sports. You know, and, and if you go to ESPN right now, like their tagline is NFL and MLB, NBA, you know, men's sports leagues. And that's totally okay, right? But like these are outlets that cover men's sports and their audience is there to watch men's sports. And I think it's just a different model. And I think it's totally okay, but it leaves this huge opportunity, I think, for someone to go grab that women's sports coverage and build the platform that covers and focuses on just women's sports, which is obviously what we're trying to do. <laughs> the name again, yeah. it's fantastic. It really does help. And, and, and I appreciate that. Like I, that is very true, right? Like ESPN probably as they thought when they were doing, it was kind of out of the kindness of their heart. They started to kind of pay attention. And I used air quotes for anybody just listening to the podcast. Just to yeah. make sure. <laughs> uh, like, They just kind of did that to be like, Oh, look, like, Oh, this is nice. Like, let's kind of talk about this, but you're, you're hundred percent correct with title nine. It has allowed more women and more girls to continue playing sports because there is that opportunity for that scholarship, which is extremely important. And now we're starting to see that come to fruition a little bit, which is great. Um, and you know, it's just, it's, it's just crazy to me. 4% is just such a small, small number. Yeah. Um, do we know where that 4% is broken down? Like, I'm kind of curious, like what is that for like, is, is half of that just like women's base softball and basketball. And then the other half is X, Y, and Z, or is it just kind of a uh, general statistic? That's a general statistic. I actually okay. don't know the breakdown, but yeah, I'd be curious. curious. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious because yeah. I'm, I'm interesting because uh, in, I'm interesting. You're right. I'm interested <laughs> uh, because it is yeah. it, like I, I'm kind of curious to see how that breakdown is, because especially if if that four percent happens over, you know, one month in March and then one month in June, it's like, well, surprisingly, the other 10 months out of the year, we should you know, it's not crazy to see like if that 4% was spread out a little bit more, maybe uh, that has the potential to grow a little bit, but it's definitely just uh, 
as I said, I'm just going to kind of ask you stuff when it comes up. So yeah. know the answer. that's something we can go back and look on. Um, yeah, we'll have to do more research. I'm not sure. So you were talking about before kind of that white space aspect, right? Like you can kind of go and do whatever you want. Now we're, we're, um, you know, now I'm curious, you bring up the ESPNs, they, they build their, you know, they built their entire um, conglomerate, got bought by Disney. So crossing my fingers for you there, Haley, <laughs> um, you know, get bought by Disney. Now they do all the streaming. And so when, um, when are we going to see some games on Just Women's Sports? Is that, that is no, a great kidding. question. <laughs> is it actually? Uh, yeah. Is it coming? No, I, so, you know, I mean, for me, eventually, right? I mean, that's, that's our big vision, right? Like, you know, we are, we are like so early on this journey. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think two, there's a lot that needs to happen, but I think there's like two things that really need to happen in women's sports is first off, the games need to be more accessible. Like people, we hear all the time, people don't know when they're happening or how to watch. And they're often behind a paywall or on a random site or on ESPN 108, you know, people don't know what, like how to watch these games. So the games need to be readily accessible. And then on the other side of it, those games, they need content. They need promotion. We need to know the storylines. We know the, you know, who's beefing, who's, who's playing really well, who's having a bad season. Like we need to build the universe and the culture. And I think for us, like our big vision, what we want to be is everything you need to see and know in women's sports. And we want, you know, we want it all. And that means that, yeah, we want that B coverage and we want to do premium content and we want to build our podcast network. But I think that also means for us, like streaming is like that North star. We want to put ourselves in a position where we're able to stream the games. And I mean, I know that like all sounds lofty, but you know, like having, yeah, but I, I I think it's like absolutely where we need to push. And I, I also think like, just to double down on this too, like, you know, we work very loosely with Athletes Unlimited, um, which has done awesome so- stuff in softball and now lacrosse and volleyball's coming up, like love what they're doing. Um, they were able to get on mainstream media channels. You know, their games were on ESPN and ESPN, you know, there wasn't any articles. The The games weren't marketed or promoted. There was no social posts about the softball, you know, and, and that's just not good enough. And they performed well but how well could they have performed if there had been resources and attention mm-hmm. pumped into it? And that's, that's what we want to do. That's where we want to go. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. Like, why not? The, 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 the space needs it as we've obviously pointed out and the space could utilize it. And if there's a company like just women's sports to do that, I mean, why the heck not? Now, obviously, as you said, it's a little lofty and, and I mean, but like, why did you start this company if you just wanted to kind of like, you know, just kind of cover the sports, right? No, you're trying to go to the top, which I think is cool. But I guess, so if we're if we're looking at that North Star and we're reverse engineering all the <laughs> way back, we're Q3 of year one now, right? Or is this Q4 technically, I think? Right? Yeah, I think we're in yeah. Q4. This year's flying Q4. by. So like, how, like, as you said, like Q1 and Q2 was like, let's get a newsletter and let's start figuring stuff out. And okay, now we need to do our own reporting, which I think is honestly the best way to go. Like you have to go out and you have to gain that credibility within the space, right? And then this uh, Q3, as you said, you know, really started to ramp up some other social things and everything. So I guess, again, you know, streaming might be a couple years down the road. I don't think it's as far as it sounds, right? Like the the, the dollars, unfortunately, or fortunately, double-edged sword there. It's not going to be as crazy to get that stuff, right? Like it's not like this ungodly amount. And it's not a billion dollars for the college football right. playoff, right? right? So I think that part helps a little bit. But how do you reverse engineer something that big when only a couple months ago, and, and I don't mean to sound facetious, but only no, a couple no. months ago, you were trying to figure out how to do a newsletter, right? Like no, how do absolutely. you reverse engineer that? No, absolutely. And, and and look, like, 
I think we have to push ourselves to think bigger in women's yeah. sports. And I think, you know, we have for so long, it's been like, all right, we're going to give women's sports a little bit and see what they do. But like, look at the XFL, like how many hundreds of millions of dollars is pumped into that. Right. And so like, and it keeps failing and it keeps failing, it's like, sure. it keeps failing over and over again. And everyone's like, no, throw more money at it. It's like, Oh geez. Okay. <laughs> but I, I do think it's a good case study of like, there's so much like, testing in women's sports and there's so much talk around like supporting and i think all of that frankly is like crap like i think it's like we need to invest in women's sports and women's sports like there's this huge momentum shift you know we look from like to 2015 to now like women's soccer has grown by like it's over 200 percent. WNBA has grown by over 100 percent. women's tennis is over 100 percent. like there is a dramatic shift in the market so like lofty or not like someone is going to do this. There's huge opportunities here. And I think just women's sports, like we are well positioned to take that opportunity. And I think, you know, we are are building the network We're we're building, you know, the brand and the tone and we understand women's sports for what it is. We're not trying to make it anything. It's not, we're just trying to cover the space authentically. So for me, our first step is content. Our first step is absolutely content. We build that wedge through content. We grow the audience. We build the brand, we build the relationships. And then from there, I think it's a question of how do we formalize relationships with the leagues? How do we position ourselves to be the best partner for the league? So when, you know, those rights are available, they're saying, yeah, we want to work with just women's sports because that's where the eyeballs are. And we know that they're going to take this game and they're going to build great content around it. That, you know, that's, that's sort of the vision for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're already starting to build good, great content right through that podcast, as you said, and, and it's, it's more of a interview style kind of conversational style and, Surprise, that's my kind of favorite. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But I think those are the ones, I mean, the evergreen kind of content that you can create where the people are having a, a legitimate back and forth, especially if the topic is so important to both parties, right? To Kelly and, and to whomever else is, is she's on the show, obviously to you as well. And I guess so with that, you, you just finished season one, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Of, uh, of, the, um, of the podcast. Is there, now, as you said, you're, you're interested in getting further into that. Does that mean there's going to be, you know, that daily newsletter also turns into a daily podcast? Does that turn into a studio show? Because we've seen everybody can do a studio show from their pretty much their yeah. house at this point. Does that turn into a studio show where, you know, obviously 24 hours a day might be a little excessive at first, but getting kind of that sports centery feel, that sports centery vibe, just go over the headlines and the news and the stories. Like how, how are you trying to, again, this white space, like what are some of the places that you're trying to attack first? Yeah. So I think for us right now, you know, we are, we're still a small team, you know, we're talking, we're talking big, big vision here, but coming back down to today, you know, we're still a small team. Right. And I, I think our next step on this journey is twofold. It's growing our digital channels. That means our newsletter, our website and our social channels, and it's pushing more aggressively into audio. And I think we have one show right now. I'm really, really proud of that show. And I think Kelly has been awesome. And I love these conversations we have with the athletes. Um, and I think, you know, for us, it's it's what's next. I, I think audio has been a huge win, right? So like, what other content do we want to push on? What other athletes do we want to work on? What sports do we want to focus on? That's been a little bit challenging in COVID with sports sort of coming and going, as I'm sure you know. Um, but that's definitely, I think, over the next six to 18 months, like really getting aggressive in the audio space. I think it's going to be a really big win for us. That is fantastic. And I'm just writing down, I have a list of like 10 people that I'm excited to introduce you to. After yeah. this. Um, <laughs> Love that. Thank you. Be able to just either point you in a good direction or introduce you to some other cool people. That would be awesome. That's um, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, please. I, I think what you're doing is awesome. I think media, especially 
positive media um, that can possibly help someone. I think yeah. it's a really nice thing to kind of see in the world, especially now. So I think that part's pretty impressive. And I guess, hmm, how do I ask this question? Like, what, go for it. <laughs> how, do you, how do you kind of combat those dickheads, like just in the comment <laughs> section? Like, I guess that's the easiest way to say it. Like, there's yeah. just so many stupid people out there that just say dumb shit all the time. Like, how do you, like, I know you can't just fight those people, right? Like, because yeah. they're just keyboard warriors, but like, how do you kind of, not pay attention to them and really focus on, you know, the positives and the actual good things that are coming from what you're doing. Yeah. You know, to be super honest with you, like just not concerned with that. And like, just (laughs) like, just like not concerned at all that if, you know, if it's not for you, like our narrative is not at all, like you should watch women's sports Mm -hmm. or you need to, like, if you're not interested, totally fine. You know? And I think what's most exciting is like, we really don't get that in our community. Awesome. Like we really don't. Like right. I think early on when we first started, you know, there was like the typical women get in the kitchen, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But I think yeah. we've hit a certain audience size where like anytime there's a comment like that and it's very few and far between, like our audience goes crazy at that person. They're like, Good. get out of here. There's a bunch of self-policing and like we really don't see that. And I think that's what's so encouraging is there's like this demographic of people that want women's sports and maybe they're not going to mainstream media outlets. Right. But like they're out there. And I think a lot of them are former athletes that played, played at a really high level and they love seeing, you know, the sport they played on TV and they want to follow that. And that's the audience we're building. And I think that's really exciting and it's been really positive. And I think just the numbers that you laid out before, right? Like forgetting about that dumb person for a second, as you said, the numbers of women that are playing sports has increased like such an insane amount over the last yeah. 10, 15, 20 years that that audience is very clearly there, right? Like yeah. those, those people, maybe not every single one of them, right? But like those people are probably interested in what's happening in their sports. And then as you said, if we can start to get some of those, you know, we see the NBA like man- manufacture all these storylines, like, right. oh my God, like we're still talking about LeBron and Michael J- Michael Jordan. And it's just like, we've been doing this for like 15 years, guys. But it, gets, <laughs> it hits every single time. So I'm kind of curious, yeah. like who is that debate going to be? Is it is it Lisa Leslie and Super? Like, I don't know who's that debate in the WNBA kind of Thing, yeah. but you know it just just let's not recreate the wheel let's just do what we need to do see where those beefs are see where the incredible performances you got are, it yeah and, you know people will flock to it which i think is pretty darn cool so Haley, this is awesome this thank is you awesome. i guess what is like as we said like the lofty goal like you know i'm gonna and like and, and maybe the comparison is kind of annoying but like the espn of strictly just women's sports yeah, will cover yeah. it all you yeah. will tell us what the storylines are what's happening obviously the interviews is a huge thing i've seen a lot of the stuff on your site as well actually let me um for anybody out there watching I could pop this bad boy up for a second look at that subscribe to the newsletter i think that's pretty important but you have so many you know you have the you know obviously paying attention to off season there you go nba off season people care more about that than the actual season itself right and you know talking to the actual the 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 people at the top um there is a huge story i don't know i'll be very honest i don't know if i saw it on your page yet but with the wmba uh one of the um uh one of the teams if i'm not mistaken just came out and uh, um we're, we're Seattle endorsed yeah, Biden. Endorsing yeah. Biden. Now I don't care what your political affiliation is, but like that does not happen. You don't really see an entire team or an, an organization like like how how is something like that? How are you trying to cover some? Is that like again boots on the ground kind of stuff? Or are you calling up that organization, trying to get that credential, trying to understand and like talk to that person directly? Like how as a startup media company, how difficult is that conversation to try and have? Yeah. Um, 
so right now today we're like we're we're resource constrained right mm-hmm. we have yeah, a exactly. full-time writer so like i think oh, yeah. there's a lot that we want to do that we're not mm-hmm. doing today that are like it's on the roadmap for us but i think what we've seen so far is that what i'm really really proud of is often when we reach out to athletes or we reach out to coaches or gms or whatever what have you they're excited. They want to help. They want to talk to us. And I think that has been the biggest brand validation. If you scroll up, there's actually an interview with the Seattle GM on our site right now. Um, I'm not sure if they touch on this or this came out before that. Um, that's the one right there. But, yep. you know, I think it's been really cool to see these female athletes and these leagues. And it seems like they get that if we want to make women's sports better and bigger and you know, more sustainable for the future. Like we all have to work together. And I think that's been something we've been able to really leverage and like working with the athletes and saying like, we're going to do this together. Like that's been a big part of our mission and what we're trying to do right now. I think it's awesome. Kudos. Congratulations to you guys for what you're doing. I think it is pretty darn cool. So make sure, um, can you give us all the handles, uh, the website, the podcast name, and then you're going to be shocked by this. It's all just women's sports. Dang, that was nice and easy. I'll make sure to get all the links just in case people forgot that. I mean, we can set it up sometimes during the conversation, but I'll make sure to get all the links, um, to, uh, to the shows and the, all that information. Put that in Thank you. Jesus, at least you gave me your time. You gave me like an hour today. I had last <laughs> least I could do is share a couple of links. This so, was so fun. Um, Thank you for talking women's sports with me today. I'm always down sports. to talk women's sports. <laughs> let's try and change that, right? Like it's let's stop calling it women's sports. It's just sports, right? Like it's just I'm actually fine with calling it women's sports. My beef is when we say when sports defaults to men's sports, that's my mm-hmm. beef. If you call yeah. it men, like you know, it's the men's US Open and the women's US Open, that's mm-hmm. totally fine, right? That's how yeah. we draw those yeah. lines. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer when it's the World Cup and then the Women's World Cup. No, no, no. It's the Men's World Cup and the Women's World Cup. Like, if we're going to draw those lines, they got to be drawn on both sides, which is why, like, we're proud to be, like, women's sports. We're proud. Mm-hmm. Just women's sports. But that's, see, I can keep going. And I, I can tell that. we're trying to wrap up. No, no. I'll, I'm, I'm down to keep going. Like, totally fine. <laughs> what else you got? Lay it on me, Haley. Lay it no, on. no. I think I think that's that's probably more than enough for today. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's awesome. I think it's needed. I think it's important. Um, I think there are stupid people that scoff at things and say the dumb stuff about kitchens just to let you know my wife doesn't cook and she's bad at it i cook all our meals so i think you know that it's just such a dumb antiquated thing it's like the 19 like at least try harder right like if you're gonna try and be funny just try harder i don't know i just think that's kind of stupid but i it's think it's impressive concerned, to be honest say it again i'm just not concerned with those comments yeah They'll good stop, you know? yeah especially i like the fact that as you said like your community is very self-policing they're gonna kick that person out on their own which i think is awesome <laughs> and there's just so there's so much positivity and there's so many good things that can come from what you're doing that i think it's awesome and i appreciate you giving me some of your time so again one more time just women's sports check it out everywhere go download the podcast check that out i guess when does season two of the podcast start next week more episodes here we go here we go do we know are you allowed to say who the first episode is with uh am i no i'm gonna make it a surprise Yeah, Tune yeah, in let's, and check it out. All right, there we go. Nice <laughs> little tease for you. But Haley Rosen, founder of Just Women's Sports. Haley, sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Pleasure was all mine. Bye, everybody. Thank you.